Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS Welcome back website. to the September 2017 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from Sydney, Australia. This is Damien Marucci. I'm with Dr. Anya Smielkowski. The next paper is prepectoral breast reconstruction a safe alternative to submuscular prosthetic reconstruction following nipple sparing mastectomy. This is by uh, Spadani et al. Um, published in the, um, uh, the September 2017 PRS. So, Anya, what was this paper about? This paper is about subpectoral placement of expanders uh, and that it can lead to significant pain and animation deformity in patients undergoing nipple sparing mastectomy. It's a prospective cohort study. Uh, the patients included in the study were females undergoing prosthetic breast reconstruction after nipple sparing mastectomy under a single surgeon from 2012 to 2016. There were two patient groups and patients were chosen to be in the group by the surgeon assessing them at the time of uh, surgery. So the first group was called the dual plane reconstruction group. They had a partial ADM and partial submuscular uh, expander placement and the patients that were chosen to be in this group were patients who had threatened or thin mastectomy skin flaps, a tumour within one centimetre of the chest wall or advanced stage disease. The second group of patients was the pre-pectoral group and this is where the expander was placed in an ADM pocket and placed on top of the pectoralis muscle. And the patients in this group had to have adequate and viable skin flaps or thin but viable skin flaps, breast skin that, uh, the breast skin envelope that was not excessively large or totic and they had to be oncologically safe for prefectural implant placement. Uh, they spent a lot of time describing the surgical technique in the uh, methods section which was um, very uh, comprehensive. Uh, I'll just go through the main points for the prefectural group were that a uh, lower pole gutter was essentially made out of the ADM, so it was pulled down and inserted onto the IMF and then brought up over the implant um, and the, sorry, over the expander. And the expander was the, the ADM was then secured to the chest wall around the perimeter of the expander. The ADM was always fenestrated, uh, and all the patients in this group essentially underwent a second stage. Um, uh, procedure to have autologous fat grafting to the upper pole. Uh, not all of the patients were um, expanded on table. If the skin flaps were thin or looked threatened, no expansion was done on table. Um, expansion otherwise started at two to three weeks and the prepectoral group was, was underfilled, uh, according to this group. Second stage exchange was usually performed through the mastectomy incision in non-irradiated breasts, or if it was irradiated, it was performed through a new incision. The measures that they looked at was the overall complication rate, as well as the rate of hematoma, seroma, prosthesis explantation, partial or complete nipple loss, and infection rate. And they used a T-test for all continuous values with Fisher's exact test. The results, so there was 115 patients, um, 186 breasts in the dual plane group with a mean follow-up of 12 and a half months, and 51 patients or 84 breasts in the prepectal group with a mean follow-up of 11.7 months. The complication rate of any complication was 18.8% in the dual plane group and 17.9% in the prepectoral group. 
There was no statistically significant difference in the complication rates between the two groups. However, in the patients who had post-mastectomy radiation, this was 24 patients only, the rate of expander migration was higher in the dual plane group at 47% versus the prepectal group at 14.3%. And the p-value for this was 0.013. So the overall conclusion uh, was that although prepectal breast reconstruction remains an evolving technique, it offers a number of potential benefits for patients relative to submuscular techniques. And they hypothesize that this mainly relates to pec major animation deformity and stretching. Okay, look, I certainly thought this was a very interesting paper. This was a technique that uh, uh, Maxwell's group published on recently, and certainly in their discussion paper, uh, they sort of re-emphasised some of what they thought were uh, the important technical points. One of the things which certainly differed from the experience of uh, many plastic surgeons is where we tend to over-expand uh, when we're doing a two-stage implant-based reconstruction. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Maxwell made the point of uh, saying that they underexpand, and even made the point that in in patients who require a particular size, uh, he'll put in a 400 cc expander, but then end up placing an 800 cc implant, uh, so that the pocket is very tight. Um, one issue which wasn't addressed was cost. Certainly in Australia, acellular matrix is phenomenally expensive. Um, and uh, covering the whole prosthesis in ADM front and back um, would significantly add to the cost of, of our surgery. Um, but uh, other than that, I thought it was a very interesting paper. Obviously, the two groups are selected uh, by the surgeon. They're not a randomised group. Uh, they've been selected based, based on the viability of the skin flaps and oncological factors as well. Um, so, uh, similarly, the statistics where he talks about the rate of expansion and stuff like that uh, are, are factors which are in control, in the control of the surgeon, and they're not independent uh, of decisions that, that, that the surgeon um, would make. Um, I think that animation is a very real concern for many patients, and if the, as long as the cost-benefit analysis works out, uh, this is certainly a good way to prevent animation deformities in patients undergoing implant-based breast reconstruction. Is there anything else you'd like to...? Uh, I think it would be interesting to see what the longer-term follow-up is of these patients, um, especially to have a look at uh, the rate of capsular contracture and also to assess the aesthetic outcome and the difference in the patient um, satisfaction um, between the two groups to see if the patients uh, are happy with the end result with the prepectal group versus the dual plane group. Um, and essentially the take home message that I got from this was that uh, prepectal breast reconstruction using ADM has similar or no worse complication rates than the dual plane breast reconstruction in patients post nipple sparing mastectomy in the short term. And that the critical things are that patient selection and assessment of mastectomy skin flaps are critical steps in decision-making for appropriate uh, techniques of reconstruction. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. 
Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.